1: hi I, yo I, hey what
2: up I, I, how are you
1: oh you know just good
2: <laughs> you just had like a four-day northern, northern i just had away
1: i did have i was at northern getaway getting all my
2: spice mice sure <laughs> uh, yo if you still had those because you always had them they would be sick
1: they've relaunched them
2: shut the front door Not
1: even joking.
2: If anybody else knows what we're talking about, sick. Canadian girlies, hey. Sorry.
1: Sucks to suck. Guess you didn't have Northern Getaway.
2: (laughs) It's it's such a Canadian name, too, for a (laughs) store.
1: Northern Getaway. For kids' clothing,
2: oh fucking my God. Spice
1: Mice and the Cat Street Boys. Oh
2: my God! I'm surprised there wasn't some copyright issues there. Okay. Anyway, you had okay. an actual Northern getaway and True. tell tell the babes your Anastasia moment.
1: True. Okay. Minus well, the drama. Minus the drama. Thankfully, they have some ice, and we got to go skating on the lake safely. At, time night. Well. at night, at nighttime too, which was also really cool, and during the daytime. But yes, I played hockey with Justin and his family, and it was amazing. It so was so fucking cute, good,
2: so cute. It was, fucking cute. Cute. I'm it was pretty die. Cute. It's so cute. I love that. Oh for my you. god, fun! I literally, we didn't really didn't do anything and it was absolutely wonderful so I love that for you though oh actually I'll tell you what we did so Marty's friend Mike came to visit and um so on Saturday night he was like you know Marty got his social itch and he's like I want to go do something and I was like okay and so he's like what about bowling and you know me I fucking hate bowling because I'm really bad at it but then Mike was like all down to go bowling so I'm like okay I guess we're going fucking bowling so we go to the bowling alley. It is popping there. They it got was no lanes. No lanes. And people who are like hoping to wait for somebody to finish. Like they're like, it was, pu- yeah, it was the hot spot to be on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So, and then we couldn't play pool either. And like, I'm trying to eat healthier. So obviously I wasn't like, let's get some drinks and some food because it's mm-hmm. yes, bad there. Like good, bad. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Literally yeah. everything's made in the deep, deep fryer.
2: Yeah. Literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm doing really good. So I was like, okay, let's not do that. So then we're like, where else do we go? Because we wanted an activity. Like, we didn't just want to go sit and talk because we mm-hmm. could do that here, right? Like, mm-hmm. no point. So I don't know who brought it up, but someone was like, we could go to the Legion and play darts. And so we did. It was wonderful. We played darts for like, I don't know, 45 minutes and then left and went home. <laughs>
1: That's hell yeah. Fucking off to the Legion you go.
2: Off to the Legion we go. But I will say, like... I think I think I could be good at darts if if I invested like time and had like nice darts and mm. and wanted to like watch some YouTube videos and like really figure it out. okay. because I okay. like it. I think it's a fun thing to do. Like the concept of just throwing something pointy at something is fun, mm-hmm. right. And when
1: it sticks in, it is satisfying, especially yeah. in the bullseye. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: yes. okay, Yes.
1: Maybe she's in her darts era.
2: Maybe I'm a dark girl. Do we have any new yeah. babies?
1: We do have some new babies, Ten. and that would be Maria, Tracy, and Jody.
2: Welcome. Welcome. Apparently, we are now Cat Club babes.
1: Cat Club babes. For some reason, people didn't think we were wanting to see their cats. Literally, this is a PSA for all pet photos reptile reptiles reptilian mammals birds birds, avian we're here for it all
2: absolutely unless the only thing i don't want to see is if you have a fucking pet toenail i don't want to see that shit.
1: no no keep that to yourself or a pet teeth jar
2: no what about if it's an animal teeth jar
1: oh well that's my house
2: yeah but so you don't want a human a pet human teeth jar
1: yeah exactly
2: that's where the line is
1: (laughs) that's where the lines cross though my teeth are in that same jar with brandy so i guess i'm not one to talk
2: why the fuck are your teeth in there well i
1: got them removed when when i was a teenager (laughs) you kept your teenage teeth Uh, yeah i found them in a drawer (laughs) (laughs) oh
2: my god (laughs) do you have 24 hamster cages in your basement
1: no comment
2: (laughs) (laughs) and really tiny teeth
1: (laughs) my teeth are very tiny as well i'll never
2: get over that i'll never get over you so our
1: reading goals we didn't talk about that what have you set your reading goals oh yeah i have did you yeah tell me I was did something weird. I went out of my comfort zone because, you know, I wanted to do a probably wanted to pick a five number because I've been doing fives, increments of five.
2: Oh, I see 25, 35. Yeah, exactly. 5,
1: 10, 15. I read 40 books last year. Okay. And then Ollie, my lovely, beautiful niece, suggested I try to read 42. So I took her suggestion and I'm going to try and read 42 books this year.
2: Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, girlfriend. That's really weird because I picked 52.
1: Weird. Weird. <laughs> 55
2: was like a little too much last year when I was like pumping out <laughs> all those short stories. Yep, yep, yep. So I thought 50. I, mean, I think maybe I chose 52 because 52 weeks. That makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. But that interesting that you
2: chose a 42. I love that. Because that is
1: not like me. I would like oh. to pick the the round number.
2: Perhaps you'll get to 45. perhaps Perhaps that's the goal perhaps
1: perhaps Perhaps. if
2: you get to 42 wonderful you've completed it but perhaps the real goal in your brain will be 45
1: Mm, true true true
2: i i do Mm. see you surpassing 40 books
1: because you're on that audiobook audio train train now true i don't know did I listen to audiobooks all of last year did I, or did I just get into them last year? I can't remember. That's I think you my just problem. got
2: into them last year because I think we uh, only okay. started our like shared account thingy in the spring, maybe. Okay. 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 And then you weren't like heavy heart into them until Mm-kay. you were.
1: Until I was and now I can't not audiobook.
2: You just love it.
1: I just love it.
2: Um, I was going to say that I am deep into the throes of Love is Blind season five. (laughs) Mm. You know, Riveting
1: content.
2: It's just so dramatic and like, I love it because it's other people's stupid drama. And I love looking them up online and I love reading all the little Reddit threads and I just love it. (laughs) He
1: loves the deep dive on Love is Blind.
2: It's like the perfect work show like to put on in the background. Because I'm captivated, but, like, not so captivated that I need to follow every single detail, you know? Okay, wanna?
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
2: And we are reading chapters 13 to 26. And I start us off with a little chapter from Alpha. So hold on. Here we go. We're back in court. Grace swears on the Bible and she is ready to testify. She can right see, on it. Right on it. Uh, the Lord. Lloyd. The Lloyd <laughs> is there. I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and none, the of, truth, the, none of the, the truth. truth.
1: So help me God, Lloyd,
0: Lloyd, (laughs) Lloyd Jesus.
2: Um, Alpha can see that Grace's eyes are like searching for her own. So like, clearly we know they were connected at some point. And like, Mm -hmm. I think there's more to the story. I think there's more to the story, Mm -hmm. but we we can talk about that. So uh, Alpha makes a comment about how she's Lancaster's greatest, greatest attraction at the moment. And that, there's so many people in the gallery there to watch and she can hear them saying that she's a witch and to hang the witch. So she's like, oh, okay, cool. They all think I'm a witch. Mm-hmm. Grace states her full name, which is Grace Charlotte Milburn, mm-hmm. who lives on the Milburn-, Milburn farm near Crow's Beck with her husband, John. Mm. didn't see that one coming did you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was shooketh i was like oh fuck it's grace's husband and whoa mm-hmm. whoa 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 they do not have children They're farmers for livestock they have dairy cows um john inherited the farm from his family so he's been doing it for years the prosecutor asks for her to describe the events of new year's day 1619 so she's like, John was up before me. He went out to tend the cows. He has an assistant that comes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. He is the Kirkby lad because I was so fucking wrong last week when I said Kirby like 20.
1: 20- you were dying on that hill. You really were. But I wasn't I confident know. enough to be like, I don't. You could be completely I know. right. I and wish you,
2: know you were. And you know what? Usually you are. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. That's the thing. Like, I I my track record for being right is pretty good. But it's times like these when I'm like, no, I'm right. And I'm totally I'm... wrong. It's so embarrassing. Like, it's so <laughs> the epitome of embarrassment for me. I'm <laughs> but I'll sorry. I'll own up. I'll <laughs> own up to the fact that I was wrong, though. That's the difference between me and other shitty people who don't like to be Yes,
1: <laughs> this is true.
2: True. Okay, so anyway, it was the Kirkby lad. Um, She was looking out the window, and she had the washing basin in her hand because she was going to do some washing. And as we know, they did not have wash machines back then it was a basin with a (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: and
2: the lie a bar of lie um anyway and she saw the boys with the cows she dropped the basin and as she bent down to pick it up she heard yelling and what she heard was john's name being yelled over and over she runs outside and john is on the ground I'm not going to get into, like, the gruesome details, but apparently he no longer had a face. So, like, that happened. Squash. Um, Just a little casual squishy squash. The cows had a wild look in their eyes as if they had been running. So she did not see the actual event. She just knew that this has happened. Um, She then saw Eltha standing on the edge of the farm, although she said it was not unusual for her to be taking early morning walks. Um, Eltha approached, she put her cape over John's body, she told the boy to go for the doctor and took Grace inside. And then Grace says that they were friends until they were 13, Um, and the prosecutor's like, what happened when you were 13? And she was like, her and her mom came to treat my mom, who was very sick, and she died. So, that's what happened.
1: (laughs) Oops. (laughs) We're with Violet, and she is getting ready for clay shooting which she is not a fan of. Frederick will be there though. She has this weird feeling of like dread and longing to see him. She's obviously starting to notice like her appearance and like she's noticing how young she looks even though she's 16. Um so she's kind of like embarrassed about her, her looks and everything like that. Um, and she's getting ready to go, but she makes sure to tuck her necklace, um, her mother's necklace into her shirt, because we also find out that her father doesn't know about this necklace. Um, and speaking of the word wayward, she still hasn't figured out why, um, like what that word means, whether it's a last name or not. And she stayed up until 1 a.m., looking for more clues in her room to maybe try and help to assist her. No days. Um, she's then wondering about what Frederick had said. Um, like, was this her mother's room? Um, maybe she could ask one of the servants, but the last time she did that, they av- always evade her questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so she like knows for sure that they're definitely keeping something from her. Then they're shooting. And she tells Frederick that she does not like shooting things. And then she's like, oh, wait, oops, sorry. You're literally a soldier in the war. My bad. True, true, true,
2: true. Didn't quite read the room on that one.
1: No, this kind of triggers him. He kind of goes off a bit, which I definitely see why. Um, And he just tells her that he can't, you could never imagine what it's like being at war Um, just so that English girls like you can sit in their, like, rich houses, essentially. Um, Which is
2: shitty, because she's uh like, I don't even want to be in this rich fucking house, so... Yes, (laughs) yes,
1: exactly. Um, And then he just says, go ahead and ask what you want to ask, like, ask if I've killed anybody. While she is shooting and learning to shoot, she just imagines Frederick in Libya killing insistent, people are insistent on her shooting, and he's just like, I'll show you how to do it properly. And like, Frederick wraps his arms around her. I'm like, ick.
2: Guess what? It only Mm-mm. gets worse. <laughs> it
1: only gets worse.
2: Now we are with Kate, who is me, but not me, you know. Um. Oh, yes. And she opens that package that we left off with you last week. Oh, yeah. She takes it downstairs and she opens it up and it reveals a stack of letters. The first from July 20th, 1925. They are addressed to Lizzie, and they are from Rupert. It is a love letter, and in this letter, Rupert is talking about how she'd be so much happier at the hall than at the dank little cottage. He has spoken to the vicar, who can perform the ceremony in two weeks, and he has sent along a handkerchief for his bride as a little gift.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Kate is now on a mission to figure out who... She says Elizabeth and Rupert. And this is a flaw in the book that I was actually really pissed off about because it said Lizzie. It did not say Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that gave Mm -hmm. that away too soon. Like the E-W. And I was Mm -hmm. pissed about that because I was like, I feel like it should have either been addressed to Elizabeth or Lizzie Mm -hmm. could have led her on a mission to find Elizabeth. Anyway, if that's the only issue with the book, then I'm fucking down with that. But... She's on a mission to find out who Elizabeth and Rupert are. Obviously, we know E W. Mm. He writes Duh, about we having know. we know. <laughs> he writes about having first spotted Elizabeth at a May Day festival. So, like we know, obviously, we're putting it all together. Mm-hmm. Kate can see a dark undercurrent to Rupert's words, though. Um, she's, she notices that they are always meeting at dusk or dawn, and she's assuming it's to not be seen. Um, and something in the way Rupert writes reminds her of her early texts from Simon and I wrote, a.k.a. love bombing. Apparently, it's been a fucking thing forever. So that's Ugh. great. <laughs> Even in 1692
1: or for- right? 1942. 1942, 1942.
2: Probably in 1692. 1692. <laughs> yeah. Men are always looking for ways to fucking mm, take advantage kind of women. Kind <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just in different ways. Um, so now Kate is going back to remembering the first date that she had with Simon and it was at a fancy sushi restaurant. Um, she's remembering how the shirt that she wore, she was pretty feeling insecure about it, but her friend talked her into it and it was so low that it showed off a birthmark on her chest, which I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. How she thought everyone in the restaurant was confused as to how she was with him, so she's like already feeling insecure, and then feels even more insecure. So her like confidence is down, which is the perfect time for him to come in and swoop and, her up.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, not to mention the fucking two bottles of wine that they drank, and he listened to her talk about her career. He told her that her father would be proud of her, so he's just like. You know, mm-hmm. really, really, really laying it
1: on thick.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then how he asked her back to his house, kissed her, and proceeded to undress her. Then she convinced herself later that it was romantic, except she remembers at the time asking him to wait. Oh, that's shitty. That's she shit. She then thinks of the baby that she is currently carrying. She's like, is it a boy who will grow up to be like him or a girl who will grow up to be like me? And she's not sure which is worse.
1: It's just Alpha and her little Spidey guy. Um, And then she's just remarking how strange thinking about her and Grace's friendship timeline is she's saying that it should stay buried like her mother. And I'm like, Wait, is that the body at the cottage? <gasps> is it? That's Maybe? what I thought too. Then they call the next witness to the stand, which is Dr. Smithson. He obviously was at the scene of the quote unquote crime that she is being tried for. Um, and he describes how awful it was. Um, and then also his history with Altha and her mother and how like he's they've always interfered and they're a bit of a nuisance and that kind of thing he discovered a witch's mark during his examination of her right below her heart on her rib cage. So that was that scratching, I think, from last week.
2: Absolutely!
1: Yeah. Um, And then the prosecutor proceeds to make Ulta undress and make her body an exhibit. Um, And all of that for Dr. Smith's Smithson to say, ah, well, the mark is no longer there.
2: What a terrible thing to do to someone.
1: So do you think she scratched her birthmark off? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. She totally
2: did. Yeah, absolutely. She she knew that they would probably want to have that as proof. So that's what she was doing, scratching it off. Okay. Now we are with Violet and it's a big one for me. So stay tuned. Here we go. She can still smell Frederick's cologne from when he caught her after she shot the gun. They all took a nap, which I'm like, hell yeah, love that 1942 nap life, um, mm-hmm. and then decided to go for a walk of the grounds. Violet is so excited to show Frederick around, and she's like, I can't wait to show my favorite tree and all this, blah, blah, blah. But they pass Violet's favorite beech tree, and Frederick doesn't comment on it. She then asks him how come they've never met before if they're cousins, which I'm like, ew, why are you bringing it up? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. He tells her that they have met before. He was the child and she was a toddler. He thinks that they didn't visit more because of her mother. And then he tells her that she that Violet looks like her mother um he says that her mother spoke like the servants and was a local girl from the village quote kept saying his parents would never have allowed it if they'd been alive sorry that was frederick's dad who said that he kept saying that his parents never would have allowed it um violet asks him to tell her more about her mother and why he called her curious he tells her that she used to have a crow on her shoulder who was diseased with white streaks on its feather what mm. Mm. but its name was morg morg <laughs> i like that name morg. morg the crow morg the crow um she's thinking that the feather she found must have belonged to morg and was has a happy heart that her mother loved animals too this is the first time anyone's ever talked to her about her mother so it's yeah. like this is this is probably very cool information for her to yes. receive She couldn't um, we then find out Frederick Frederick saying that she couldn't have meals with them because she'd start making strange comments out of nowhere like I'll tell them Um, sometimes her father would have to lock her in her room as she was a danger to herself and the baby. She asks him if her mother was kind she's like all this bad stuff like surely my mother must have at least been kind and Frederick says not to me apparently he would catch her staring at him and muttering to herself. One night, Frederick found a toad in his bed, and Frederick's mother insisted that it was Violet's mother who did it. She was so pissed that they packed up their car and left that night in the night. His dad said that her dad hadn't been right in the head since the war, and what with the accident that killed Uncle Edwards and their grandparents, that he had been, quote, bewitched. I'm thinking about that accident. A little bit curious about that. Violet is feeling weird about Frederick's story and isn't sure if she should believe it or not. She does remember her father's words, though, which were, perhaps they can stop you from turning out like her, which is what he said when he said when he was threatening to send her to the finishing school. Yeah. She thinks it's weird that Frederick hasn't said anything about the beautiful sunset that is currently happening before their eyes. She comments on the sounds of the crickets, though, and he tells her that he thinks she's unusual for liking insects so much. She tells him how sad it is that mayflies only live one day and how she doesn't know whether she'd go to the Natural History Museum or spend her last day by the beck with the birds and flowers and bugs. He says he knows what he would do and that he'll show her if she closes her eyes. He kisses her. She is reminded of Christmas pudding. She feels like she can't breathe. <laughs> I feel like that's not, that's not a good Mm-mm. scenario. <laughs> no. I do not want to kiss somebody and be reminded of Christmas pudding and not be no. able to breathe. <laughs> no. But. He tells her that they should head back, but they should do this again sometime. Same time tomorrow. She is feeling flushed from the kiss. She goes back to her bedroom to calm herself down. When she's there, she remembers something that Frederick had said, that her mother was a danger to herself and the baby. She had always believed that she had died giving birth to Graham, although it sounds like he had already been born. Born. Mm. He'd already born. been born. Like, literally, who knows anything at this point? I have a feeling that her dad was, like, pretty much keeping her hostage mm-hmm. in the house, is what true, I think. True, true.
1: Yeah. Yes. Definitely.
2: And he probably killed his parents. And like, that's why she's saying at the dinner table, I'll tell them because she's like, I will tell them what you've done.
1: Kate has been at the cottage for three weeks now and it is turning late spring. She's at the medical center and she's a bit early for her appointment. So she's just like, maybe I'll just actually leave instead. I don't need to be here.
2: That is 100% something I would do if I was nervous about it.
1: (laughs) If I'm early, I might as well leave.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You've done that all to yourself, but I would totally be like, I'm just going to (laughs) leave.
1: She does not leave. She goes in and the last name is Ayers, as in the niece of Violet Ayers. She is just like, what? You know, my aunt, I need no more deeds. But she's just like, take a seat. I don't want to talk to you about this anymore
2: receptionists and the cashiers all know something but nobody's telling us mm-hmm. anything exactly
1: don't everybody worry. knows but they don't want to say Mm-mm. so then a male doctor comes in who is in his late 60s and she had requested a female doctor turns out she was home sick with her kids so nothing she That's can do there cool.
2: you think um, that they would have called her
1: yeah like or like i don't know yeah you would think um, So this is Dr. Radcliffe, and he starts asking questions like, oh, husband or your boyfriend couldn't be here? Couldn't make it? What's going on? And then she is distracted by the baby's heartbeat. And then he makes a comment in this doctor's appointment. Dr. Radcliffe says, you look like her. Your Aunt Violet. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, then she's just like oh, do you know my aunt? I need some answers. Yeah, true. Um, she had just started coming to this family clinic, like this doctor's office, um, after his father died. So it sounds like it's a generational doctor's practice. Um, so that's interesting to note. I'm just like, ooh, a little flag there. She didn't like the other Dr. Radcliffe, but essentially she was the female doctor's patient. So he doesn't know much more than that. She leaves the appointment and asks the receptionist about information about terminating her pregnancy um, and then goes needs to use the washroom. And then she can hear from the bathroom, which this is none of anybody's business, but she can hear the people and the receptionist talking about how how could she ask for termination? Um, And then they just remark on how they're not surprised because she comes from that family and they all have it in them. And then she can swear she's heard them say witches.
2: What would you do if you were Kate?
1: I probably would... Uh, stay in the bathroom until the end in the of bathroom. the day? <laughs> yep, stay in the bathroom or just walk out with... And just walk out. I wouldn't acknowledge anything what would you do you would say something
2: I don't know it depends how angry I was
1: true True.
2: if it was really angry I would like open the door aggressively as they're speaking and like make them stop talking and be like oh you don't have anything to say to my face
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. true
2: very true and like let them know that I'm unsuckwithable but if it was like hurting my heart then I'd probably like cry and go home (laughs) yeah
1: yeah. She later at the cottage, she can't sleep. So she decides to search the boxes again. Of course, there's nothing of the waywards in these um, boxes and boxes of stuff, but out of her Aunt Violet's passport falls her birth certificate. The mother's name on the birth certificate is Elizabeth Ayers, knee wayward. So now she know Kate knows that she is also a wayward. After this, she is able to sleep, and this time she has the dream her same dream as of her dad that she always has, but this time, um, her baby is there a girl with dark hair and dark eyes that looks just like Kate, like a wayward child. And then in the morning, she can't bring herself to call the termination clinic. Um, And she knows that she will keep her safe.
2: She knows it's a baby girl. How do you feel about that? Because wouldn't Uh, that bring upon more complications with Simon? Hmm. Like if he found out that she had his baby.
1: Yeah. He would
2: like, she'd never get rid of him. No.
1: Do you think. uh, Do you think that he'll find her?
2: Do you think she's going to stay hidden forever with a child?
1: Well, yeah, just in that little town. and just forever? raise. Yeah.
2: I mean, it could work.
1: And, like, since it's not her, th- if she could be a wayward, and he wouldn't know, because with the last True. name? Maybe? Well, I don't know. What
2: if he found her and demanded a paternity test? Oh!
1: You make a good point. I'm just thinking it's of the, like... Yeah, I know. It's, it's complicated.
2: I know. So the Cottage was Violet's mom's cottage, because Rupert wrote to Elizabeth saying, "You're in that dank old cottage," and that's why Violet ends up there. Yes,
1: yes. I'm wondering. My, I've got a theory, and I can talk about it at the end.
2: Okay. Okay. Okay, because I'm ready for it.
1: Okay. Are you ready for it?
2: first i was okay <laughs> um okay now we are with alpha again they kindly let her redress <laughs> thing. although no she's thing. yeah although she's still feeling like hella ashamed of having to be unclothed in front of everybody there um she's saying that there were men there who were leering at her except one who pitied her and looked away She wished that she could have brought the spider with her, but she knew that wouldn't look too good. Um, However, she notices it spinning a web as if it's followed her, which is very cute. She says that she has had that mole forever and that she was born with it. She had scratched it away her first night in the castle, which makes sense Mm because we were like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. just happened? Mm -hmm. This is the witch's mark or the devil's spot, apparently. Her mother had one, too, in almost the exact same spot. She thinks about how she looks so much like her mother and how she knows the devil. She's seen him and so has Grace. So I'm like, what does that mean? Mm Because I got a little theory. And she dreams of her mother at night and the devil and Grace. All right. The next day. The next person to take the stand is Daniel Kirkby, who is the Kirkby lad. We find out that Elpha uh, and her mother, Jeanette, had attended his birth. This was Elpha's first birth she's ever seen. So mm-hmm. she's like, this is pretty weird that he's now up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's like 15 or something. Alpha never knew who her own father was, and her mother didn't know hers either. So a bit of a tradition in the family, I guess. The prosecutor asked Daniel to go over the day. He tells pretty much the same story. They fed the cows and then freed them to the briar. The cows were acting unusual until they weren't, which I think is literally his words, which is hilarious. (laughs) They started making an odd noise. He says it was like a bird shrieking. um, And there was a crow swooping down from the sky and that John was attempting to calm the cows. Eltha wonders what Daniel knew with having worked there that he would have spent time with grace and john mm-hmm. so again i'm like I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the cows charged straight at john john became quiet and the cows stopped as if he says quote a spell had been broken end quote mm-hmm. daniel says he didn't see alpha that morning but he did have a funny feeling as if someone was watching him from the trees And here's what I gotta say. That's all fucking hearsay. Exactly. Same same as being a witch. That is also hearsay. Exactly. So how are you using one hearsay Mm -hmm. uh, to prove another?
1: I know, right? It's... Blasphemy. 1619, though, (laughs) baby.
2: I'm mad! I'm mad.
1: (laughs) Okay. We're in part two. And Violet is wondering if she looks different now that she's been kissed for the first time. She... Can't really tell much of a difference, but she's wondering if anyone else would. Um, and then an image of her mother, um, pops into her mind of her being locked in what is currently, um, Violet's room and that she's kind of just gone mad, like a mad woman. Um, and then she's I love also- a mad woman. Mm-hmm. I know you love a mad woman. Okay. You do too. So she is wondering if this is why everybody lies about what has happened to her. Um, She is remarking then she has to go to dinner, obviously. She's remarking on the meal and how awful everything looks that is meat. Um, And she decides that when she grows up and becomes a biologist, she vows to be a vegetarian when she can cook her own food. Um, Love for her. But she realizes, though, that it's very clear that Frederick does not sh- share those same views by the way he is eating his dinner.
2: Ugh, gross. Okay. He sounds like a loud, like, like I just picture him being like barbaric. Like, being, uh, yeah, with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. It's fucking is that what is this? Monster? What nom, is nom, this? Nom, nom, nom.
1: <laughs> fucking medieval times? Wow. <laughs> yeah,
2: honestly. <laughs> no, it's
1: 1942. I don't get it. Okay dinner there's talk of war i don't think i really need to go into that in detail um she is also then thinking while everybody's talk like the men are talking um what if she never marries anybody and she kind of actually likes that idea (laughs) um and she just thought like how could she ever, like, love something more than her insects? And and then she's wondering if she could ever have both, like, human love and her, her insects and bugs.
2: Yes, girl. Just not in 1942. Not in apparently. 1942, apparently. Um,
1: she's wondering if Fred would fall in love with her and that they could be happy and he would be happy for her to be traveling the world and being a scientist. She's just kind of, like, daydreaming about what her love could be like, or her future could be like doubt rolls in and it like kind of just like dissipates her whole thoughts and everything like that. It's like a dark cloud. She um, described it as Um, then she's wondering if truthfully anybody has ever loved her um, because she's really not sure her dad does um, with like all of his expectations of them. Um, And violet's a very similar look to her mom so that's
2: sad i'm a shit feeling mm-hmm. i want to be at this fucking cottage right but it sounds so awesome right because it says as the days get warmer she has been opening the windows to let in the smell of the garden mm. <laughs> my heart I love it. So she and Kate also seems like she might be a book club babe because she loves to read in the sun for hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll I'll be right there. Same. Um, And she thinks of her daughter, quote, blooming inside. So Aunt Violet had lots and lots of books on insects, botany, astronomy, some poetry and fiction by mostly female authors. Love Aunt Violet. Um, she has just finished Lolly Willows, which is about a spinster who takes up witchcraft. Um, she notices that it had a stamp from Kirkby's book and books and gifts and a handwritten note that said, made me think of you, Emily. Hmm. She also found a Sylvia Plath book, which I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. With the page, with one of the pages dog-eared on a poem called Witch-Burning. And two lines have been circled. And those two lines are, Mother of beetles, only unclench your hand. I'll fly through the candle's mouth like a singulous moth. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She remembers the woman in the doctor's waiting room saying which. Um, so she decides that she needs to go to the bookstore and see if she can track down Emily. Because no. obviously Emily knew her aunt, right? Mm-hmm. When she's there, she meets Emily, who seems to own the place. There's also a, like, shop kitten, which mm-hmm. is adorable. Um, and we find out that Emily was an old friend of Violet's. She invites her out to her farm sometime. Um, but Kate's kind of like, that's really nice. Um, I'm really just looking for information about the waywards. And Emily asks, oh, have you been hearing the rumors? Quote, she says to her, the story goes that a wayward was tried as a witch back in the 1600s. Kate thinks of the grave at the cottage and she's mm-hmm. like, yikes. Yep. Uh, she asks if Violet ever talked about the waywards and Emily says, no, it was too painful. Something to do with having to leave Orton Hall um emily tells kate that she'll be closing soon like which is so rude you'd think she'd Mm -hmm. be like yeah let's just talk for a while but instead she's like i'm closing in two minutes um rude and kate's like okay i'll leave (laughs) but when she leaves she's ashamed of herself for not doing what she really wanted to do which was to ask emily for a job Mm. because she had this vision of herself working Mm -hmm. in the bookstore and la 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 Mm -hmm. she heads to the church which is locked because she's, like, not ready to go home yet. But the cemetery out back is not. She goes inside the cemetery and realizes that she has been here before at her grandfather's funeral. Makes sense. Yes, yes, him, him. She sees the same names on the headstones that she's been hearing around town, Kirkby, Metcalf, Dinsdale, Ridgeway. She finds her grandpa Graham's grave and Violet's is beside his. She notices that Violet's grave just has her name and birthday and date of death, as well as a very faint W. Uh-huh. She decides to look for some wayward graves. Again, she wonders about the cross under the sycamore tree. I don't think she finds any. I don't know. I didn't follow up with myself, so who knows? Later that night, she looks inside Violet's jewelry box and finds the pendant that was Violet's. And she knows that the W on... I keep calling it a locket, even though it's not a locket. Even though maybe it is. Um, But anyway, uh, she finds that... She knows the W is the same as the one on the the same.
1: It's the same damn W. It's the same
2: W. (laughs) Yeah, W. Damn it.
1: Eltha is fearing that they all believe the Kirkby lad, um, and especially the judges and jurors so she's like i could live with the fucking gallery but not the people who are deciding my life obviously Mm -hmm. um altha obviously remembers the morning from her perspective she first remarks on how beautiful it was that day and that the cows had seemed to be a completely different animal entirely then there was the sound of the crows, which was the same, um, and men shouting. And then the cows quickly returned to them former selves, like it was like in a blink of an eye. Altha and her mother never thought of themselves as witches, but as healers. Literally, that's what Altha's name means. Um, And her mother has taught her everything that she
2: knows. Also, if you think about it, if the fucking men were... Making tinctures and like finding yeah. out what herbs you need or yeah. herbs, whatever mm-hmm. for like medicinal reasons. Yep, it would have been groundbreaking,
1: exactly. When a
2: woman does it, it's witchcraft, it's witchcraft. explain that to me. It's <laughs>
1: fucked, it's fucked. You're exactly right.
2: It's fucked. it's fucked.
1: She kind of remarks on this and knows that they're afraid of women. This all started and kicked off when her mother started leaving for relatives places, even though Altha knows that they have no relatives. She's just like, I got to go. Going to go see auntie fucking kind of things." like, yeah, but we don't <laughs> have any cousins or aunts and uncles. So what's the deal? Yeah. Um, And then strangely, a couple shows up with a small baby who Janet, Jeanette tries to doesn't want in their house but relents because of the baby um and that they have been they have spent days and nights walking and they're on their way to scotland then to ireland where no one will know who they are and this is because the woman is also a healer um and two families had been accused and um hung of witchcraft And these were the devices and the whittles, which did not ring a bell to Altha, but her mother like blanches at the the sound of their name, essentially, and what happened. Mm. Um, And this is obviously when everything changed in their lives. Um, Then the next um, witness is Reverend Good. He tells the court um, that... That both of them, her alpha and her mother came to church every Sunday um, and that they were part of the community. But strange. He did make that clear, though. Um, And she only went to church. She's like thinking like, I only went because like I had to to like show appearances because I knew we would be dragged before the church's courts. So. Um, and then we find out that it was fucking Reverend Good the whole time who wrote the letter of suspicion of a witch in Crowsbeck. Um, and that it had said that a witch had a hand in John Milburn's death. Um, and this was brought forth by William Metcalf, Grace's dad.
2: Fuck mm-hmm. you, Grace's dad.
1: I heard this thing happened. Yeah. Better put her in jail.
2: Yeah, honestly. It was that witch. I just know it. It was she that killed, witch. She killed my wife and she killed my daughter's husband. Mm-hmm. She's a witch. She's a witch. Let's, let's hang her. Let's burn her. Let's burn her. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we are with Violet and trigger warning, this chapter sucks. Frederick, did not come down for breakfast, but does come down around lunchtime, and he is looking pretty ill. Graham whispers to Violet that they finished off an entire bottle of port last night, and he's like, well, not us. It was Frederick. Their father is showing Frederick the goods of the house, showing off a side table, saying that it was made in 1619 and Jan- when James I was on the throne, Frederick comments that he, quote, in regards to James the first, rather, not James one. James, James the one. <laughs> James one. Uh, in regards to James the first, he fancied himself a bit of a witch hunter and that he wrote a book about it. Interesting. I did think myself. Mm-hmm. They go outside to play lawn bowls, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds like Lawn bowling. Fun. Lawn bowling. Lawn bowls, lawn bowling. You've, it's a it's a game,
1: a sport. Bowls, lawn bowling, and it's oh. like you roll, you set a cube like a.
2: Then why isn't it called lawn bowling? And it's called lawn bowls.
1: I'm gonna assume that it's like that's the name of it in that time. <sighs> lawn Darn. bowls.
2: All right, so they go outside to play lawn bowling. So now everybody knows what they were actually doing. They weren't playing with bowls on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone is way too hot except Frederick because, you know, he was over and fighting the war or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, However, he keeps patting his pocket as if to make sure something was there. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure by all these little signs we're getting, Frederick is an alcoholic. So that sucks. Yes. Violet decides she's going to get some lemonade and Frederick decides to join her. He steps closer to her once they reach the house and says he's looking forward to their walk later. Mrs. Poole suddenly arrives and he steps away from her. She, This is when um, Elth- or sorry Violet notices that everyone is treating Frederick as if he is royalty. Um, Graham had even commented mm-hmm. earlier like, oh, you'd think that he was the heir to the house with the way that dad was showing him everything, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. like, so everybody's picking up on it. Mm-hmm. Frederick then pours brandy hi Bee, hi Bee, <laughs> into Violet's lemonade when her father is not looking. Her father and Graham end up falling asleep and the son. And because of the brandy, Violet is also suddenly feeling a little sleepy herself. Frederick brings his chair closer to hers. She's yeah. suddenly bitten by a midge and it hurts her. She's like, I've never been bitten one before. Mm. Oh, rather this is not the trigger warning chapter I thought it was, mm-hmm. but it's not um but it is still a predatory behavior, so oh, there's it's... a try to trigger warning. Yeah. Um Frederick then gives her more brandy and says she needs to walk it off. Uh, ugh,
1: ugh. Okay. So, Kate was right. She is having a baby girl. Dr. Collins finally the female uh, GP confirms this, um, but she knows what she needs to do next, and that's to call her mother. Um, obviously, her mother has been worried about her because she's not been answering her calls. Kate is only calling at first because she wants to know about who lives at Orton Hall. All that um, Kate's mother can remember is that... It was a distant relative um, and that there was a scandal and some disinheritance um, and that she really doesn't know any of the the details on what happened and what the fallout was. Um, A scandal? A scandal. She asks if she knew anything about their family and witchcraft. Also, no. So then she mentions that she's pregnant. (laughs) Kate's mom's first question was, Does Simon know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And when Kate tells her no, she says, That's good. So then Kate realizes that she knows and has always known. And then she starts feeling guilty. And then obviously her mom starts feeling guilty because she admits that she knew that something wasn't right and that she should have found a way to make herself and her feelings known. Um, But after this, she tells her mom, obviously, it's okay and everything, and that she just wants her to be happy. So whatever her choice is, she's behind her and is happy for her. Hmm. Um. After this phone call, she rips up a picture of her and Simon while they were on vacation and replaces it with her sonogram of her baby. Then she decides to set out to Orton Hall. Oh, no. (laughs) Hiking, trekking through the woods, which are making her feel uneasy. And the hall looks pretty much abandoned. It's like in decay, falling apart. Um, but she still can't sh- shake the feeling that she's been being watched this whole time. Ooh, that's creepy. That is creepy. She knocks on the front door. Nothing. She's about to walk away when a wispy old man opens the door. Um, and this kind of like terrifying. That would be awesome. <laughs> no, it would be awful. Um, she they both essentially surprise each other in this. And um she assumes that it's the Viscount um and asks if she he has any information on her relatives that used to live there. He does not answer, but he leaves the door open and walks away, meaning for her to follow, she assumes. Um obviously everything is like pretty creepy, crusty, dusty. But wait a second, it's not just. It's literally just thousands and hundreds of millions of insect wings.
2: Oh, where are Icky. their bodies? Icky, like, Icky. What? I've got so many questions. I have so
1: many questions. She follows him to a study that smells of flesh and insect repellent. She... Realizes that this is like the only room he That's lives Alisa in That's a
2: Jewel. Yeah.
1: Oh, this is the only yeah. room like he lives it out of in this house. And then he just starts talking about the swarm. Oh. Um, and that um it happened when a male was taking a female and then there was eggs everywhere on every surface. I'm like grossed out. <laughs> so grossed out um and she's kate is clearly noticing that this man is not is not well and that she he needs help not kate asking a million and one questions but if she's there um she asks if there are any records that she could look through his response is that everything is gone and that the insects have pretty much eaten everything um and she's like yeah what's the deal with all those insects anyways and the creepy old man is just like the lord answered my prayers last august aka when aunt violet died and then oh. they all and then they all began to die and i knew who she had released me at last and she's like sorry who are you talking about so who I'm,
2: is the old man
1: i'm going to assume it's frederick that's what i think
2: oh shit
1: yeah and violet put a curse on him
2: i didn't even think about him yeah i was like it can't be her dad he would be so old oh yeah he'd be i was R. like R. maybe R. it's like her like her dad's brother or something right but true the frederick Could. angle makes so much more sense mm-hmm. shit
1: um and then he gets up and is like pointing at her kind of like freaks her out And wonders where she got that. She's wondering if it's the old necklace. But she thinks that it's the bee brooch in the end. Um, And then he just says, get out. And you don't have to ask her twice. She skedaddles. Goodbye. She's
2: like, thank you. I've been waiting. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Fear quickly, though, turns into frustration by the time she reaches the cottage. Because she's no closer um, to knowing anything else about her family. Um, And why Violet and Graham were disinherited or who or what is buried in the freaking garden. Um, And then like who released him and like she just has all of these questions. Um, And then I have my little note about is the Viscount actually Frederick here?
2: Okay, that makes so much fucking sense now that you've said that because if Mm -hmm. Graham and Violet were both disinherited... We know it's not Mm -hmm. them, 100%, and he didn't have any other family Mm -hmm. except for, I'm guessing, like, Frederick's parents. I don't know where they went, but Frederick, and he was showing him around the house, Mm -hmm. and he was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. setting
1: it all up.
2: But I'm guessing he was doing that because he thought that he would marry Violet and stay at the house. Yes. Yuck. Okay, we are with Elsa again, and it's a little bit of a longer one, so I'll fast. Um alpha is wishing that she had parchment and ink to or in today's terms pen and paper to write down everything AKA. in her <laughs> aka to write down everything in her head but she doesn't. Instead, she orders it all in her head, which I'm like, girl, I feel you. Um she feels as if her mother's death was another one of her failings. We find out that after the couple from wherever wherever that place is. I cannot say it. Clith- Clithrobad? Clithrobad? Yeah, that place. Okay. After they came, the, the couple with the baby, her mother began to change. She had taken her crow. I hate this. She had taken her crow, who they raised um, from a baby, and also the mother before that crow they had raised, mm-hmm. and walked it out to the oak trees that bordered the Milburn farm. She let it out of the basket and whispered something to it and it flew away and they walked back to the cottage. So she had to like release her crow. Her mother would also only see those that she trusted and she would not take on any new work saying it isn't safe. She started saying inside more until she was in bed for five days. Um, Quote, this is from Eltha, for I had begun to suspect that nature to us was as much a life force as the very air we breathe without it i feared my mother would die which is like that's like violet Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. like they all Mm experienced that um her mother again says no she will not leave the house because it isn't safe we find out that her mother had the sweating disease and that's what ended up taking her as she was dying, she was literally telling Eltha what the treatment should be for herself and what to do, but she just kept getting sicker and sicker. Her mother tells her to, quote, remember her promise and then dies. She thinks a lot of Grace at this time, too, as Grace was the only other person she had loved and is also gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering there. I have mm-hmm. a little. Mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. Then we find out that Grace had gotten married. Of course, Eltha wasn't invited to the wedding, but she found a place to watch from afar. She thought that Grace had looked happy, but, quote, truth is like ugliness. You need to be close to see it. The only future Eltha had hoped for was with Grace. Mm. So I'm like, did she love her romantically? Yeah. Or did she just, like, really want to, like, have her good friend her whole life? Yeah. Like, yeah. either or. Yeah. Okay, so the next witness is William Metcalf himself. This is Grace's bad dad. He admits to making the claim, and he says he did so because Eltha killed his son-in-law and his wife. He knows that Eltha wasn't close by when his wife died because she was standing away with his daughter, but that she is the spitting image of her mother in every way. Mm. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) legit. And that it's unnatural for them to live without a man and that he bets that Alpha's dad is the devil. Not the devil himself. Also hearsay. Like this is all hearsay. Hearsay. Metcalf is then led out of the courtroom as he says she hopes she rots in hell like her whore of a mother. Um, This really hurts Alpha's heart and she begins to cry and everyone is pointing at her. The prosecutor uses all of this to say that she is the devil's whore, which is just like, wow. Wow, 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 (laughs) That took a a turn. Just come right out and say it. Yep. And that she must be cut from society like a canker. That she had robbed a woman of a loving husband and protector. And this pisses Eltha off. She's like, I cannot show weakness. She stares at the prosecutor until her eyes burn. And she is no longer hiding her face with her hands. The devil's whore.
1: The devil's whore herself. Like, okay. what does
2: that even mean? Like, and does the devil a... pay you for sex? True. Or like, true? Does are you like a booty call for the devil?
1: You up? Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but like, if the devil was paying her as if she were a sex worker, that's mm-hmm. a pretty sick deal. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's wrong with Or maybe with that? she's dating the devil. True. Like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Tell us.
1: Tell us what's (laughs) wrong. Um, Okay. You get to take us home. I do. And this is where the trigger warning is. This is sad. Uh, And it's going to be leaving on a downer. Okay. Um, Violet is wondering where Frederick is taking her. It's hot. so And she is clearly under the influence um, because Fred is half carrying her at this point and continues to give her more brandy. They make it to a clearing in the woods and Fred lays her down on the ground and she's wondering how long they've been gone for and surely somebody will come and look for her. She's thinking that she's in trouble, but... She's I mean,
2: never been drunk before. No,
1: exactly. <laughs> and she thinks that maybe he's putting her down to go look for help. She wonders why he is also laying down on the ground. I'm not going to go over the details. Eventually, he forces himself on her um and then as quickly as that happened he says well we better head back now and we'll just tell your dad that you took a tumble and that it was good that your cousin frederick was there to help and It's like because she he remarked on how like she looked a fright
2: yeah her hair had sticks and shit it
1: um in this um interaction her mother's necklace he broke ended up breaking it um and has found a small piece with a jagged edge that had fallen and it's a tiny key and then she realizes that this is not a necklace but it's a locket and that maybe this key is the last thing her mother was holding as well so maybe she's touching something of her mother's um when they get I like back the hidden key aspect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the hidden tiny little hidden tiny <laughs>
2: key mm-hmm.
1: why is it tiny okay yeah what is it i wonder hidden? if she scratched it wayward in with the little tiny key because they said there a pen, we go in our fingernail l- that's less creepy than a fingernail okay mm-hmm. um sh- they get back to the fucking Orton Hall and he's like you better go lay down and cuz I'm going to go do the same because you've worn me out and I'm just like oh you got to be kidding me you're disgusting obviously predator predator. <laughs> predator yeah um she goes to her room violet and washes and ends up hiding her tights and her underwear um and that the trouzo I didn't look that up. I meant to look that up Um, for her wedding night that she's been working on with Mrs. Poole is useless. Now she skips dinner and then um, the nanny comes up and says that Fred is asking for her. And I'm like, well, no, don't do it. Yeah. And then she has to agree with nanny that she, he is a very nice man. Oh, Um, the next morning she wakes up not wanting to see him, um, and that no one could know, especially her father. Um, but when she goes for breakfast, we find out that he, Frederick, has gone back to London and that his father thinks that he is a fine young man and he hopes he makes it through the war. Mm -hmm. Um, Graham consents that there's something wrong, but she says that she was bitten by a midge. Yeah, that sucks.
2: Mm-hmm. Sad. Okay, so, theory. Sad theory. What you got?
1: You want me? Okay, you want my theory? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't really have one. I do a little, but not really.
1: Essentially, my main theory was that I'm assuming that the crazy old man is Frederick mm-hmm. and that violet put some sort of like curse or something on him to experience all those bugs and i'm assuming that i actually Um, love that if we're talking about hearsay um could the basin that fucking grace dropped startled the cows if we're talking hearsay
2: right because that did happen before Mm. Hmm. before the cows went crazy And just saying if we're saying Mm -hmm. hearsay Mm -hmm. Because she said it was really, really loud. Like super loud. Because it's like a metal basin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then obviously I'm still not sure who the body is at the maybe um, the mom of fucking Altha or yeah, Jeanette or Altha or Altha's body. Yeah.
2: Because there was a comment that like when she was looking for the graves, she did make a comment that she thought that like people who were hanged. Probably right. Were, didn't end up in the graveyard. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then yeah. who would bury her unless it was yeah. Grace? Yes. And that's, that's also... Yeah.
1: Anyways, that's my thoughts.
2: And I'm assuming that Grace's husband was abusive towards her.
1: I'm going to assume, yes.
2: And I'm also going to assume that they were friends again because didn't it allude to that earlier like after her mom died that they were friends again like they had because she was saying at court that she hadn't spoken to Grace. in yes
1: yeah but I don't years, know if it was but... just the incident like because yeah. she did talk to her like tried to bring her inside away from the
2: the yeah. body yeah oh I see what you're saying yeah I don't know yeah I don't know and like obviously Eltha feel like feels has feelings whether they're platonic or not, towards sure, yeah, grace, for grace and like, true. wanted her in her life.
1: Yeah. They're giving us lots, but nothing at the same time.
2: Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. I was chatting with one of our babes on Instagram. Um, Her name, I would like to say it because she's been with us for a very long time too. Her name is Zas. Z-A-S? Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Zas yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it was very funny because I was also feeling this but didn't say anything because i'm like oh it's just because it's like a history piece but she said that um that in the beginning it gave her a lost apothecary vibe which i was like yes i felt Mm -hmm. that
1: too true 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 very true fun to call
2: back yeah fun to have like a babe who read that and you know Mm -hmm. it's cool it's just cool we love you she just went on a cool trip somewhere looked fucking awesome
1: that's dope i know good for her
2: all right okay Okay.
1: Goodbye. See
2: you at a later time. Au revoir. Good. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations, or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod.